Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 18. Here's Pastor Ryan. We are so honored we have a special guests here tonight you brothers from the ranch and you sisters from the ranch you turn for christ and my pastor is here tonight so we're really blessed uh, that they have come to worship the lord uh, with us we're very honored that you guys are here so this is you you guys know you came to u-turn night at sweet hills right so I, i would definitely share differently than i would normally in a sense where you know you guys remind me of me I grew up in South El Monte in the 90s. You know, I was in high school, like 89, 90, right at the height of the whole ga- gangster rap scene and all of that. But I, I grew up in a broken home in South El Monte. My father left as a child, so I didn't know him at all. I just had the crazy last name of Hussein. And I just hurt my, my mom would tell me that he was Hawaiian. But, you know, how many Hawaiians do you know named Hussein? So he was half Hawaiian, half uh, half Arabic, and that's where that comes from. But my mom's Mexican, and I grew up in, born in L.A. and grew up in South El Monte and uh, had a terribly mean stepfather that um, I eventually hit back when I was 15. And then I did things that I thought I'd never do. I got into drugs and alcohol and rock and roll, but it wasn't rock and roll, it was punk rock. I was in the punk scene. I grew up like on bad religion, crazy. Hopefully you, you know not what I'm talking about, you know? I've, hundreds and hundreds of gigs where we would, we would throw down with Nazi skinheads and all of that. But there was a lot of violence in my life, a lot of uh, immorality, a lot of anger, a lot of hate. Then you mix the music of, of gangster rap with that, and El Monte is a very gangster town at that time, especially. And uh, so it was a it was a, a wrecking ball. It was a, I was a mess. By the time I was 20, 21, 22, I thought I, I felt like an old man. I felt old, and I had proven myself in the streets, and I had done the things that I thought would bring me peace and joy. And you know, the sin is is a, a passing joy it, it doesn't last and I felt empty and I felt lost and I was searching by God's grace I was invited to uh, Calvary Chapel Golden Springs in 99 and uh, I thought that the Lord was only for pretty world people people that came from good families mom dad love 
I had none of it. And I hated people from Pretty World. I hated, if you had a dad or mom that loved you, I resented you. And I told the world, like, you, you, you get into, into my space and mess with me and I'll, I'll end you. I was very much ready to uh, do the worst. And I had that kind of hatred when the Lord convinced me that the damage that was done to me as a kid was not my fault. That the damage done to me as a kid was the fault of my mother, my stepfather, who, who had chosen not to walk with God. I knew nothing of this book. Not a word. Not a single word. God bless my mom and my stepfather. Praying they come to know Jesus. But I had, there was no, no God in our lives. But God was there watching. So many close calls to death. Guns in my face, stabbings all around me, violence, more than I can remember. Christ convinced me that it wasn't my fault, that this is a, a fallen world, this is a choice that people have made around you. You don't have to make the same choice. I love you. Christ spoke to me through the message of the sinful woman in Luke 7 who went to Simon the Pharisee's house where Jesus was at, and the Pharisee gave him no respect, no honor, no love. And they all looked at Jesus and they said amongst themselves, if this guy was a prophet, he would know what manner of woman is, is touching him. For she's a sinner. She washed his feet with her hair. You know the story. It's in Luke 7. You can read it. In other words, her sins that are many, Jesus said, are forgiven for she loved much. Like no matter how bad our sins are or were, Christ is willing to forgive us from from every one of those sins as if you've never done it and to some people it doesn't mean anything I don't know why I had a lot of homeboys and I'm the only one I know that walks with the Lord I don't know why some people are so hard hearted the Bible says to save some with fear so I will say this if you deny Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior the moment you die you're going to be in eternity suffering. And you will have no one to um, console you. You will be in suffering, pain. So it's either the love of Christ or deny him. And knowing the terror of, of the Lord, we, we're trying to persuade people to turn to him. But he loves you. Doesn't need to go there. You can give him your heart tonight if you have. And I'm just here to tell you that no matter what I had done, he forgave me. And you become a new creation instantly. He gives you his Holy Spirit. And, and then you begin to walk with him. And then in, that, in my walk, I, knew, I didn't know any Christians or anything. There were just a few that had witnessed to me. But I didn't have like a, you know, so I had to seek out fellowship. I had to seek out a support group, as they say. To have people around you to help you in your walk. And the Bible says that God takes those who are in solitary and he places them in families. So I'm eating Pastor Jerry, which I met him. I got blessed in 2001 to go to Israel free, free of charge. Mama Sue paid for me, my spiritual mom. And it was on that trip near the Elah Valley where I met Jerry Brown. And he's been my uh, spiritual father since then, my mentor and family. In 
And so that's my story. And then there's just so much, just God's grace, God's mercy. Turn with me in your Bibles this evening, please, to 2 Kings chapter 18. We're going to be beginning in verse 9 this evening. And Father, we do thank you this evening again for your beautiful grace that has pulled us from the pit of despair, from the grasps of hell. We're just so grateful for the blood of Jesus, your son, that cleanses us. And you raised him from the dead to justify us on the third day. And we're here this evening, Lord, looking into your word and ask that you'd give us eyes to see what you would say to each and every one of us. Lord, give us humble hearts to, to receive, remove any pride or arrogance from us, any anger, any hatred. And speak to us, Lord, by your grace. Give us hearts of understanding. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. So, First and Second Kings in our Bibles, as you know, is the history of the kings of Israel. And the, the kingdom of Israel is divided. God's people are divided into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. God divided them because during Solomon's time, they, the nation started worshiping false idols, turning from the love of God and wanting to be like the world. So they turned from the Lord and the Lord separated the nations as uh, judgment towards them to try to wake them up from their sin. And so God split them. And First and Second Kings, it's a history of how these kings and their particular kingdoms behaved towards God. And the kings that honored the Lord in their uh, leadership in their reign. God blessed their nation. God blessed the king. God blessed the people. But the kings that didn't honor the Lord, the nation was cursed. The nation had problems and the kings would have problems. No kings in the north would walk with the Lord or honor the Lord in the northern kingdom of Israel. In the southern kingdom of, of Judah, some kings honored the Lord. Some, you would think all of them. They had the history, they had King David, they had uh, the scribes, the scriptures, the temple. You would think more kings would honor the Lord, but very few did. And really the Bible's showing us that it's through the southern kingdom of Judah, which the messianic line to Jesus Christ would eventually come, for Jesus is the son of David. And so it's showing how throughout their history there was so much drama, so much mess, but yet God was working through that in order to get Jesus to be born one day in Bethlehem Amen. in the town of David for us one day. The proverb is true concerning the nations that we're reading about. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And it's true today. This is why, as believers in Christ, we should know what's going on in our community. We should know what's going on in our nation. We should stand in the gap we should know what's going on but it's also true in our personal life righteousness exalts a person but sin is a reproach to any person as well in psalm 92 verse 12 it says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in lebanon i know like it, i know it seems like a long road for you guys looking at me but time does fly when you're having fun in the Lord. 
And God can turn a life around really quick. So you can come from a messed up life to start walking in his righteous ways and see what he can do very fast. And so here in our scripture today, a new king has been um, ordained or has come to the throne in the southern kingdom of Judah. And his name's Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, 25 years of age when he took the reins of, of the kingdom. And he was a great king, guys. We got a good one. In fact, the Bible says that he was like the best out of these kings and not since uh, King David. And so he was written about a lot. He was a righteous king and he came in and honored the Lord. He clung to the Lord. He trusted the Lord. The beautiful thing about him is that his father was a wicked king. His his predecessor, his father before him, Ahaz, was a terrible and wicked and evil king. He literally drove the kingdom of Judah into the trash. He ended worship at the temple. He closed the doors on God's people from worshiping the Lord. There hadn't been a Passover celebration or the Feast of Unleavened Bread in years. He ended up asking the priest to build a, a pagan altar outside of the temple by which they would offer sacrifices to false gods in front of the temple. Can you believe that? He was abominable. He was wicked. Some of his other children, he made them to be human sacrifices to these pagan gods. He was evil. And then his 25-year-old son becomes king when he dies. And he chooses a whole different route. So none of us are bound or beholden to the sins of our parents or the lack thereof. None of us are. And too many people nowadays, they make excuses. Excuses like babies. Mom, my mother wasn't there. My father, you know, I just shared with you my background. I was that way. I thought this world dealt me a terrible hand. But when Christ gets a hold of your heart, you realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's just proof That this is a fallen world. But I can live a different life. You can live a different life. Doesn't matter how late it is in the game for your life. It doesn't matter. What you've done. What has been done to you. If you want to change in the Lord. You can. But our greatest need is salvation from our sins. From the self-worship. That this whole world is is deceived in worshiping themselves. You can be a self-righteous good citizen. You're still a sinner. Or you can be the worst criminal. You're still a sinner. Both need salvation. Both need to come to the end of themselves. In God's estimation, our greatest need is is for our sins to be forgiven. And because before we come to him, we're dead in our trespasses. We are spiritually dead. And we need to be revived. And the only way, the only way is through Jesus Christ. You're, we are spiritually dead because of Adam. We are alive spiritually by our faith in Jesus Christ. And not just any faith. Well, I believe this stand is here. I don't worship it. I believe that speaker is there. I don't worship. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I worship him. That's justifying faith, not just believing in him. You must follow him and surrender. Repent doesn't matter how bad or how good our parents were. We're not beholden to that. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know it well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hezekiah just cleaned up Judah. 
What a king. Guys, he opened the doors. He had the priests, the Levites, sanctify themselves. That means clean yourselves up before the Lord. Repent. Mourn over your condition and the condition of our land and the condition of the temple. And he had them take out all the rubbish, get, get rid of it, get rid of it. Clean up the house of the Lord. And they did that. And they got it prepared for fellowship again. And homeboy sent runners out with letters telling people, come, come back, come back from the farthest parts of Israel saying, we're going to worship the Lord in the house of the Lord. Come back. And boy, did they come. That's who Hezekiah is. Godly man. Godly man. And so in verse 9, we begin. And just before that, it's saying how blessed he was. How everything he touched prospered because he held on to the Lord. Jesus said, if you abide in me and I in you, you shall bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And God is glorified if we bear fruit that's lasting. Lasting fruit. And it only comes by a closeness of the Lord. There's no other way around it. Because he was, it says that he trusted in the Lord and that he, stood, he, uh, he was steadfast. He was like hooked. It's a hook. To be steadfast is to be hooked. He was hooked onto the Lord. So everything he touched prospered. He had victory over his enemies. His father was giving tribute to the Assyrian army. He was giving tribute to the Assyrian king because the Assyrians were the powerhouse at that time. They were cleaning every country's clock. They were going around just taking, taking captives back to Assyria. That's what the Assyrians did. They conquered, they took people back to their own land, spread them out, and then brought other people from other nations in that land. And so the Assyrians were brutal and they're cleaning house. The northern kingdom, unfortunately, is taken. Ten tribes of the nation of Israel taken into captivity by the Assyrians. They come into Israel and they take them. Because they had turned from the Lord. And that's where we're at. It's giving you a backdrop to what happened in Samaria, which was the capital of the northern kingdom. And so now it came to pass in the fourth year of King Hezekiah, which was the seventh year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Shalmanzer, king of Assyria, came up against Samaria and besieged it. And at the end of three years, they took it. In the sixth year of Hezekiah, that is, the ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel. Now, all this is mentioned in two chapters prior, chapter 17. But just for a time reference, the writer is repeating the story of what took place to the northern kingdom of Israel. They got taken. Doesn't exist anymore. The ninth year of Hoshea, king of Israel, Samaria was taken. Then the king of Assyria carried Israel away captive to Assyria and put them in Halah, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes, because they did not, listen to this, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant, and all that Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded, and they would neither hear nor do them. And so it is explained to us why they were taken, why their lives were ruined, why their lives were destroyed. Because they sinned against the love of God, they would not hear the word nor do the word. They would not listen to the voice of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving in this world like never before. Wooing people who don't know Christ, that they might come to know Christ. The Holy Spirit is touching you. I know he is. Pulling on hearts that are here. 
come to Jesus and be saved. Turn from this wicked generation and be saved. The Holy Spirit, that's what he does. Before I came to know the Lord, I couldn't go anywhere without running into some Christian. Well, my whole life, I never ran into any Christians. But when God knew it was my time, guys, I went as far, I mean, I was running. I went to Rosarito to go party, and I met a Christian. I went to the taco stand in El Monte, hung over, and I meet a Christian, and he gives me a Bible. My friend comes back from the Navy, sees the Bible that the guy at the taco stand gave me, and said, you ought to read it. There's 31 Proverbs. You should read one a day. I go to work, and there's a Christian. I, go to, I get transferred, and there's a Christian. Everywhere I, I went, there was Why? The Holy Spirit was calling, pulling. Will you hear the voice of God tonight? Or keep turning from it? I'm telling you, I love you, but without Christ, you will not see heaven. You will not see your loved ones. This isn't a game. It is over. It is over. There will be gnashing of the teeth. It's where the worm doesn't die, where the fire is not quenched. Hell is a real place. And it really is a heartbeat away for some people. But obedience was the issue. Obedience. Obey. If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. If you love me. Obedience is so important nowadays. Not that any of us perfect obedience. But it should should be one of our prayers every day what do we mean by when we say thy will be done what do we mean by that but what you want me to do I, I help me to do it i will do it so help me god i will do it i will obey your word that should be our daily prayer that we would be obedient because god or god anoints obedience too many christians want things to happen but there's no obedience why would he do why would he bless you know, uh, complacency or laziness. We need to be in the Lord. We need to be praying for obedience and listening to his voice, which I know no other way but by prayer and the study of his word. We can obey. Here's the thing. Here's what I was afraid of before I came to know Christ. There's just no way I can live a holy life. <laughs> There's just no way. I was that guy that just super crazy reveler partier crazy and i never thought but christ convinced me that through him i will be completely different no longer in bondage to the things of this world the flesh the sin the wickedness no more and it's crazy when you give your life to the lord how instantaneous you just have a desire for god and for living right it just it's a supernatural thing so don't worry about how many times you failed you failed because you were not in christ but if you are in christ he'll change you he'll take that those desires away satan will try to bring them back your flesh will the world will but boy we can obey in christ and say no to those things Paul would say in Romans 6, 19, 16 through 19, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that th though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, 
you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and lawless and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Something changes supernaturally. Like that. Paul was on his way to kill Christians, and just like that, he's there to help Christians. Just like that. What was it? He was born again. So now, supernaturally, you wake up embracing being a slave to righteousness. You just, slaves just do what they're told, man. The Holy Spirit tells you to be righteous. And he checks thoughts and he checks actions and he checks a lot of our heart constantly. And it's supernatural. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951 952-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills.